Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Today I get to share with you on the idea that our church is creative. I'm really excited to preach today, and I want to start by asking you this question. What if all the hope you need for today, for your specific situation, whether you're here in the room or you're watching us online, and maybe the darkest of circumstances, what if all the hope you need was already shown to you in the first words of Scripture? Like you don't have to go hunting or searching. What if in the first expression of God's character to him, to, to you, he's shown you that he's for you, he's with you, We don't have to look very far. And maybe you have some like short attention span when it comes to the Bible. I think you can handle one or two verses. (laughs) I think you can stick with me for just the first things ever written in scripture. What if just that expression of God's nature could unlock the hope you need for your situation? Are you open to being inspired today? Are you open to hoping again today? Are you open to believing? Are you open to faith today? Because I know it gets dark, but you have to be willing to respond to the hope that God is shining upon you. So I'm calling out to people who are open to belief, open to being stirred, open to being inspired. If that's you, just say amen real quick. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to take you there. Genesis 1, verse 1. You can't go further back than that. (laughs) That's as far back as we can go. Other than that, it's like table of contents. So the first page, you can get there. Genesis 1, 1. You can follow along with us on the screen. It's the story of creation. Genesis 1, verse 1. It says this of God. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in verse two, it says, the earth was formless and empty. Say empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. This first moment of creation, this is the beginning of the story. And I believe today you are going to receive a word of hope that just might build you up for what you're facing today. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for building up your church. And as we get into this today, whether we're here in the room or watching online, God, speak to us. We're open to believing again. We're open to hoping again. We're open to what you have to say to us. Thank you for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So in this moment of creation, we see the first time that God is moving, the first expression of his character. And we see that God is creator, which is a pretty incredible title to hold. And so today through this talk, I want to guide you through three simple, three simple ideas. Our God is creator. Our church is creative. And I am must be creative. Our God is creator. Our church is creative. 
and I must be creative. Starting with this big cosmic look at the nature of God, it's pretty epic, right? Like I think often we approach God based through the filter of our need. Like if you are dealing with financial issues, it's easy to look at God as provider. Why? Because like we really need him to be provider, okay? So it's like, I know he's provider because I need provision. Or maybe you need him to be healer. And, and so it's easy to approach him as healer because you know you need him to be healer. If you feel lonely, it's easy to know God and to be friend because that meets the area of your need. But make sure not to limit the nature of God just based on the narrow focus of your need. What if he's so much more than what you need? People come here often and like, I need forgiveness. Well, God is a forgiver. But what if he's so much more than that too? What if he's beyond what you could ask or think or imagine? And sometimes we get so like myopically focused on the one thing we need. God, if you could just do this, like he's some kind of genie that if we just pray hard enough, poof, we get the thing that we need. And what if he's like, oh baby, there's so much more to me than just that one thing. I think God can call us baby sometimes. He's a good father. <laughs> Someone's like, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> He's good. There's so much to him. He's infinite. And as Pastor Jess was saying, there's like that mystery of his nature and his character. And if we're only seeing the facets of God that meet our needs, we're missing out on who he is above and beyond that. And you know, I think that very rarely do we ever approach God as creator. Why? Because like, I don't really need to be created. I'm here. <laughs> There's a few extra pounds on me than I need, but I'm here. <laughs> like, I don't need creation in my life. I exist. When's the last time you were like, good morning, creator. Hello, creator. I need your creative power in my life. No, we're like, hello, provider. Hello, healer. Hello, father. Hello, forgiver. Like, we call on all these attributes based on the areas of our need, but have you ever stopped to think that before your need even was present, God was creator? He set the story in motion. What does it mean to know God as creator? One of his names is Elohim, which means strong creator. That's a pretty epic name. Strong creator? That's, it's, it's dynamic. <laughs> and when we recognize that God is creator, we are ascribing to him the full power of who he is. Creator? Like, out of nothing. Like, there was nothing and God created. That's a wild thought. There's a theological idea called ex nihilo. God created ex nihilo, which means out of nothing. He didn't just assemble pieces. No, there was nothing, and he spoke creation into existence. And I want to lay this really kind of foundational idea to this whole message today. Creativity is God's response to emptiness. Sit with it. Creativity is God's response to emptiness. This is the first time in scripture we see the character of God. And what does it say? There was emptiness, there was void, there was darkness. And where was God? Hovering. Right. Ooh, ooh, this section is with me. Y'all gonna preach this with me today. They, they came right, were you in first service? I think so. <laughs> they were ready. Where was God? He's not turning a blind eye to the darkness. He's saying, oh, I can't look at that. I reject that. I'm shaming that. I'm judging that. No, there was emptiness and void. And he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me hover. 
let me get closer to the emptiness. Because in his nature, he doesn't pull back from emptiness. He floods in, rushes into emptiness. And this is what I'm saying in these first few verses of scripture. Maybe you'll just find a dynamic of your God that you didn't know was there, that he is attracted to emptiness. The spirit of God hovers over emptiness because if that's how the story started, it's how it is today and it's how it will always be. If there are empty places, the spirit of God is attracted to. It's where he rushes in because it is emptiness that sets the stage for creation and creation brings glory to God and God alone. And so in that emptiness, he's hovering and then he speaks, let there be light. That's epic. Let there be light. He doesn't like do something or like conjure something. He speaks. Or to put it as I was saying earlier, he looses light. He takes the keys of authority, unlocks the door of light, and whoosh, light rushes in. Because light was bound. It did not exist. And then he looses it. And he says, let there, let there, let, there, let it happen. Let it happen, because nothing happens without my permission as strong creator. Let it happen. Let it happen. Let there be light. And light whoosh, rushes into the situation so in such a potent way that now suddenly there's day and night. With just a few words, he institutes the cycle of time that every one of us is living under the dominion of. We live within time, and God just said, let it be. Boom, time begins, morning and nighttime. That's epic. Every time traveler movie still lives within the rules of past, present, and future. All of that was like a clock that was wound up and he just released it. So it started tick, 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 tick. He started time. In the, in the first thing he ever said, he began time. I'm geeking out, but it's just, it's, it's incredible. And then it goes on from there and he's like, let there be mountains. And earth is created. Let there be water, rushing waters. And let there be animals and firmament. And all of these things are just erupting and exploding in response to his word. It's like way better than Captain Planet. He's like, earth, fire, wind, water, heart. Like all of those things happening. All the 90s kids said amen. <laughs> I love, it was like all of them. Wheeler, Lincoln, Monty, all of those, all the people. I wasn't allowed to watch it. I don't know why. I got to ask my parents, like, what was the issue with Captain Planet? He's way better. He just speaks and the elements are created. The reason I'm spending a few minutes here is because God created and sustains all that we know in the living world. Everything you know, solar system and galaxies and, and, and microbiomes and organisms and cells and everything big and everything small. It's all created by him, not us. It's humbling, right? It's him, not us. Can I start preaching now by telling you that if you didn't have the power to make something, you don't have the right to worry about it. Woo! Are you still with me? You guys still with me? Okay. They're like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> if you didn't have the power to make it, you don't have the right to worry about it. The, the solar system is in his hand. And if we're like, what's gonna happen tomorrow? That's not up to us. It's up to God. It's his jurisdiction. 
If you didn't have the power to make the human body and all of the functions that cause it to exist, you don't have the right to worry about like, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen? That's God's jurisdiction. He made it, it's his job to sustain it. He is Elohim, strong creator. You don't sit and worry that Jupiter is gonna come crashing into us because you understand the universe operates by laws he put in place. The ocean moves back and forth by his decree. Oh, there's an old song that I grew up hearing that who told the ocean you can only come this far? It is the one who created it. It all operates by his dominion and sovereignty. And so as someone who has been riddled with anxiety, my panic disorder would leave me in bed every night saying, what's gonna happen tomorrow? What's gonna happen in my health? What's gonna happen in my family? All of these things, none of that was my jurisdiction. I was trying to be Elohim and I don't fit that part very well. The minute you try to play God, you will break down because you can't sustain the weight. In kids church, I learned he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got the stars and the sky in his hands. The minute you and I try to hold that weight, we break down. Let him be strong creator. And as Deuteronomy says, that which is hidden belongs to God. That which is revealed belongs to us. If it is not something that you are meant to know, leave it up to him. Focus on what's right in front of you, the revealed things. It's not my job to figure out all the answers of the universe and how the problems are gonna be solved. I leave that up to God. You know what's right in front of me? Loving this woman, loving that little redheaded kid, being the best man that I can, serving people around me. That's my jurisdiction. That's my responsibility. Everything else belongs to him. And if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed right now, maybe you need to come face to face with Elohim, the strong creator who set all of this in motion and let him just speak to your heart today and let me prophetically speak and let him say, I got this. I made this, don't you worry. I have to remind myself this often. God's not worried. Do you think God's like, oh no, oh What's happening? Oh, oh my me. <laughs> that was, I didn't plan that, but there we are. <laughs> Do you think he's alarmed that your bank account looks the way it does, that your circumstance took this turn? He is strong creator. Our God is creator, and he made everything out of nothing. Can't you trust him in your situation? He's attracted to emptiness. And if your situation is empty, broken, he's moving closer, not further. That's his nature. You saw it in verse one, book one, chapter one, verse one. God comes closer to the emptiness. And that's what he's still doing today. And moving forward then, our church is created because we reflect the image of God. That's why we exist in all of these creative ways and spaces as a church is because we take that same mission and we try to exemplify it to the world around us, that we go closer to emptiness, not further. We're not here to just play church like a club of our own friends and our own people and it's just we just stay safe within our four walls. No, when we see emptiness, we move toward it. That's why we're creative. When we realized we were in a county with one of the highest percentages of children growing up in single parent homes, we said, we're gonna launch an initiative called PRISM, promoting restoration in single moms. And five, six times a year, we're gonna host events where we provide backpacks and Thanksgiving baskets and Christmas presents and haircuts and toys and support. It's creative. It wasn't just because we needed another program. We saw emptiness and we said, God, enable us to rush into that emptiness and do something about it. 
Our church is creative because creativity is God's response to emptiness. We don't just sit back and say, man, that's empty. That's terrible. No, we say, let's hover over this for a little bit as a church. Let's figure out how and what we can do. We can't do everything because we're not Elohim, but what we can do, we are going to do as a church. We live in Orlando where people from all over the world travel to, to laugh and to be scared and to be entertained. And we as a church are going to take all of the tools that we can, not just to tell a funny story or a scary story or a good story, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if people can come here for a mouse, they can come here to hear about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I get this question a lot when people like happen to interact with our church and they're like, whoa, the screen, whoa, the lights, you guys are doing a lot. I'm like, we're in Orlando. You can go to McDonald's and see an LED screen. I was literally there on iDrive. You walk in and it's like, like, so it's not like we are like an anomaly. We're in a city that makes all of its money on lights and music and sound, but there is no substance to the message. So why not we as a church take all of those tools and use it for the glory of God's kingdom? If the whole world is gonna come here to be entertained, then we're gonna speak the language of culture, rush into that emptiness and say, hey, we've got a story to tell you that will transform you. It's not just gonna touch your heart, it's gonna revive your spirit. That's why we're creative as a church. That's why we're constantly changing and trying new things and endeavoring to move in different ways. Our church is creative. At Easter time, we could just all sit around and talk about like, you know, the Easter story, which is the most powerful story in scripture. But you know what we also do? We say there are thousands of children in this county that are gonna do something this weekend. Why not reach them and bring them to the hope of Jesus? So fly a helicopter over this campus, drop eggs everywhere, do a candy hunt, do an event. Let's do whatever we can to rush in to the emptiness. Because to give kids candy for candy's sake, it's empty. But we're gonna rush into that emptiness and say, if they're gonna be getting candy anyway, why not be the ones who are giving the candy and, and then add more into the story? And say, you know why we're celebrating today? I don't know if you were at our helicopter candy drop, because like 10 minutes before the candy drops, our team does a full gospel presentation. It's dynamic. Children are coming to Jesus, parents, moms, dads, uncles, aunts. They're like, I thought this was for candy. You know, like their lives are being transformed. And then we'll give them the candy. But they came for the candy. They got more than candy because our church is creative. We rush into the emptiness. People come to Blink because they're like, ooh, I hear it's scary. Let's go to Blink because it's scary. First of all, Blink is scary for like 11 minutes. That's it. Everyone talks like it's the most horrifying thing and how could a church do something so scary? There are commercials scarier and longer. You can drive on I-4 and see terrifying billboards. See, but our church has learned how we can insert ourselves into a space that everyone thought the church didn't belong. We use a little makeup, a little storytelling, a little filmmaking, and people are coming for the show, but then they are confronted with the truth. We don't hide from emptiness. We rush in to the emptiness. And we do it unapologetically. So if you're new to City of Your Life and you're like, I don't know if I can get on board with that, please do, because we're not stopping. <laughs> please do because we're here to transform culture through creativity. Creativity will always transform culture. 
And if you're okay with your kids being transformed by on the TV, then you can do that. But I'm going to make sure that my child knows the most incredible place he can be is in the house of God. He's going to see the most cutting edge technology, the most meaningful storytelling, and he's going to realize that culture is transformed only by the power of Jesus. The church should be leading the charge with creativity. If we go back to like the early church, you know, if you've ever been in like beautiful ancient like cathedrals, like you see all the stained glass, that's because people couldn't read. They couldn't read the Bible. They were illiterate. And you know what the artists of the day did? They said, what if we made a window that taught people that Jesus died for them? And imagine if someone was like, that's unholy. They need to learn to read the Bible. That would be missing the chance. They said, hold on, hold on. What if we, what if we painted a mural that showed the finger of God like this and then Adam like this? And what if we use that as an illustration that God can bring life to dead things? What if, we, what if we made a stained glass window that showed angels shining their light upon Bethlehem? What if we made a, 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 a whole wall depicting all of the moments that we see in the book of John? The artists were the preachers of the day, and they still are today. Because people can't read. So they're looking into the stained glass window in their pocket They're looking into the stained glass window hanging on their wall. What message is being painted? Because this little glass window is telling a story. And if we as the church don't occupy this space and this space and that space and every space, then we're forsaking our role to represent the nature of God. The church should be all over YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all of it, all of it. Our church is creative. I haven't talked about you at all today. Maybe we should bring it all the way home. Our God is creator. Our church is creative. I must be creative. You have a responsibility to use the same quality we've been talking about in your own life. Because you are either one of two things. You are either creative or destructive. There is no middle ground. So sit with this question. Am I creative or am I destructive? When you face emptiness in your life, what is your response? Creative or destructive? We all know what empty feels like. Oh, I'm empty. I'm lonely. I feel abandoned. I'm carrying trauma from my story. I'm empty. Do we try to cover that emptiness? And I'm trying to like medicate it and drink it away and use substances and use illicit sexual relationships and my porn addiction and my gaming addiction and my this addiction and my that addiction and I'm, I'm my, my workaholism and I'm, I'm doing everything I can and I'm trying to be super mom or super dad to find my worth in my children, which will only hurt them and leave you more empty. And it's like all these things that I'm doing to just try to cover the emptiness. It's destructive. I'm trying. <laughs> Your marriage feels empty. And so you're just trying to like dance around that and like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And so I'm going to step out and go to somebody else or I'll throw myself into my work because this seems empty and we don't ever want to admit it. I want to avoid it. I want to dance around it. We barely got through the holidays. Everyone asks us how we're doing and we tried not to answer. That is a destructive response to emptiness. Do you know what a godly response is? Creativity. You say, babe, 
you and I haven't even talked in a year, and I want to make that right. I'm going to sit right here, and I'm going to try to listen to you. I'm not good at it, but I'm going to get better at it. And I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to try to love you today, and I'm going to try again tomorrow, and I'm going to keep trying until we figure something out. You and your family are disconnected, and it feels empty and broken in your home. You say, hey, you put that down. You sit right here. We've never done this before, but I'm creating a new pattern in this family. We're going to sit at this table. I want to hear about that stupid video game. Tell me about it. I want to hear about this girlfriend that you think you love. Tell me about her. I want to understand. I want to create a family culture because emptiness is not acceptable in our life. Emptiness is not acceptable. We're not going to cover it. We're not going to medicate it. We're going to get creative with it. Stop settling for your emptiness and stop numbing your emptiness. Get creative with it. You complain every day, my job sucks, my life sucks, everything sucks. Well, stop complaining and get creative. God has given you the keys of authority and the same spirit that said, let there be light rests in you. What do you need to get creative about? Stop being avoidant. Admit it. Admit where the emptiness is. Admit it. Because your addiction is just a symptom of a deeper issue. So many people come to me and they're like, I got to stop this addiction. I got to stop my sex addiction. That's like trying to tell someone with bronchitis to stop coughing. The cough ain't the problem. It's what's happening in here. That's the problem. And you're like, porn, drugs, sex. And you're trying to stop a behavior. You need to be healed and filled on the inside. Something has to change in here. Get creative with your life because emptiness must be filled. Open the Bible and be filled by the creative power of God. Because he's not going to do it all for you. He's given you what you need. First Kings 17, there's a story about a widow in a town named Zarephath, and God sends the prophet to her, and he says, hey, I'm hungry, and I need some food, and she's out collecting some sticks, and she says to him, oh, I don't have food. Uh, me and my son, we're about to die. We're so poor, we have nothing. I have a little oil and a little flour, and that's it. My jars are about to run empty. And the prophet says, well, make me some bread. And she says, I don't have bread. I have flour and I have oil. You know what the prophet says again? Make me some bread. She doesn't have bread, but you know what she has? Flour and oil. <laughs> she has everything she needs she just hasn't created yet. God has given you the ingredients for the life and the purpose and the destiny that you are weeping for and aching for. God, make me successful. God, give me my purpose. God, give me the life of my dreams. You think he's going to give you the finished product? That's not what he does. He's letting you be part of the process. God is not going to bake a cake for you. He's going to give you eggs and butter and flour and everything that you need to get in there. Roll your sleeves up and start to get creative and say, how can I make this process unfold? You're saying, God, give me the marriage of my dreams. But you know what he, he, he gave you? The spouse, the church with the marriage course, the book to read, and the conference to go to. He gave you all the ingredients. You got to make it. You're like, God, give me the health and the fitness of my dreams. He ain't going to do that. He gave you the discipline. He gave you the sidewalk to go walk on, the sit-up to do, and the kale to eat. He gave you all the ingredients, but you have to get creative. 
You're like, God, make me successful and influential and, and send me resource and money. You're not gonna hit the mega ball like that one person in Maine did yesterday. He gave you the idea, the talent, and the faith to say, I'm gonna launch the business, I'm gonna do the thing, and I'm gonna work hard, and I'm gonna fail 10 times, but I'm not gonna stop because God gave me what I need. You either will be creative or destructive. Don't waste the power that is in you. I'm speaking to some people who don't have bread right now, but you've got oil, and you've got flour, and you've got everything you need to make your life reflect the purposes of God. Your family might not look today like you dream it to be. Get creative. You've got the spouse. You've got the kid. It might not be the family of your dreams. Put it together. Start to make the ingredients mix. Say, we're going to talk today. We're going to talk tomorrow. We're going to keep talking until something happens here. You keep doing the work. You get help. You get support. You lean on the Spirit of God. But eventually, at some point, you've got to take responsibility for the life that you're living. Your life today is the result of your choices today. So what are you gonna choose next? Get creative. I must be creative because creativity is the godly response to emptiness. One of my favorite verses in Psalms says, God is near to the brokenhearted. When God sees brokenness, he doesn't say, oh, ew. Yo, fix that. No, it says that he gets closer. He draws in to brokenheartedness. And so today, if you've been covering up brokenheartedness and emptiness, maybe you've been covering up the single most attractive thing to the Spirit of God. Maybe you have filled yourself up so much with vices that you don't even feel your emptiness anymore. You're so high, so drunk, so distracted, so addicted, so money hungry, that you don't even know what it feels like to be hungry for God in your life. Peel back everything that is covering the emptiness and be open in his presence enough to say, I need you. I need you to hover over my life. I need you to speak light into my life the same way you did in book one, chapter one, verse one. Do it in my life. Speak light into me because without you, I can't do it. And then you get up off of your knees in that moment of prayer and then you go out and you live the same way in your circumstance, in your marriage, in your family, in your job. You say, I'm going to speak light into this situation. But let's stop pretending that there's no brokenness. Let's start to be honest. I must be creative, because if I'm not creative, I'm destructive. And maybe what you've been doing hasn't been working. It's time to do it his way. Strong creator. Strong creator. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If you're here and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, he wants to hover over the emptiness today. If that's you, you say, Pastor Justin, I need Jesus. I want to be forgiven. Whether you're watching online or here in the room, could you lift your hands if that's you? I'd like to pray with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, thank you. If you're watching online, type, I need Jesus there in the chat. Yes, yes. Can everyone pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you from this day forward. From now on, it's Jesus first and Jesus always. In your name I pray. Amen. Oh, come on, can we celebrate with those who've prayed this prayer today? 
This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.